As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com slash AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training, kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway, in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. This episode is brought to you by Industry, the product conference, happening September 11th and 12th in Cleveland, Ohio. You'll see some amazing speakers like our guest tonight, Michael Conley, VP of Digital at the Cleveland Cavaliers, and Bob Moesta, one of the co-architects of the Jobs to Be Done framework. Go to indsum.com, that's I-N-D-S-U-M.com, to get your tickets today. Welcome to the Rocket Ship Podcast. I'm Matt Goldman. I'm Michael Saka. And I'm Joelle Steiniger. Today we talked with Michael Conley, the VP of Digital for the Cleveland Cavs. What'd you guys think of this one? It was really, really interesting. Yeah, he went so deep into kind of their user segments and and the data they're collecting on fans in order to really cater the personal experience both online and offline 
to the fans um you know as soon as they step into the stadium they they are able to give them personalized experiences which is something that i had never actually heard of um before so this was really fascinating um to dig into some of that what did you guys think yeah, I think a lot of people think that they do marketing personalization, and I've never heard anything like what we just heard. So <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, listen close to this one. I'm sure you could pull a lot out that would apply to a SaaS product or e-commerce service. So enjoy. Wistia is a video hosting platform built specifically for business. If you're using video as a part of your marketing strategy, you need to be able to measure its impact. Wistia is helping over 175,000 businesses do just that with premium video hosting, lead generation tools, and in-depth video analytics. For more about Wistia, visit wistia.com forward slash rocketship. All right, so Michael, um, tell us a bit about your role at um, the Cavs and kind of what you're doing day to day. Sure. Um, first of all, thank you very much for having me. Um, I think it's a, it's a great uh, opportunity to uh, really start to dig down and, and talk about technology and marketing in the sports industry. So I first wanted to say that, um, you know, in regards to my role with the Cavaliers, uh, by title, I'm vice president of digital. Um, all that really means is, uh, you know, I've got a very strong team that I'm fortunate enough to work with. And I guide a lot of our strategy and decision-making as it relates to our platforms that have digital touch points. Um, so everything from uh, content uh, strategy uh, to our dot-com properties, our mobile applications, our social platforms, uh, uh, monetization of those channels. Um, so working very closely with our corporate partners partnership team on uh, piecing together a thematic that we can wrap around uh, a variety of different marketing touch points to provide a partner. Um, and then also uh, any of the emerging technologies that relate to enhancing fan experience, um, you know, kind of falls within my wheelhouse as well. Uh, but I'll, I'll say, uh, you know, I'm only as good as the team I have, and uh, we've got some phenomenal uh, team members here at the Cavs. And that investment started uh, well before I got here. Um, we've got folks uh, within the digital arm that have been here for seven plus, eight plus years uh, that really understand, uh, you know, the team side of sports. Uh, so I, coming in, uh, I was really in a great position. Now I'm starting my third season with the Cavs um, to not have to correct a lot of things that were already in place. Mm. Um, and, and when you're in a position like that, you can immediately start to iterate and innovate uh, because the talents there, they were just looking for the right guidance and leadership. And uh, really, my job is just to make the most out of that talent and make the right decisions as we invest in our solutions as we move forward. So we, we talked briefly before, um, and I, I'd love if we could kind of understand what the, the kind of tech stack is that you guys are using um, internally to run Cavs.com and some of the other properties. Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, most of our uh, .com properties run off the Drupal framework, um, and the NBA has uh, a white label solution that they provide uh, teams, and uh, they've been doing that for a number of years. And we went through a responsive redesign, which is about three years ago now. Um, but what they did in the redesign of the website is uh, they made it very flexible for teams to really personalize uh, their version of the website. So as you go from one NBA team site to the other, uh, some may look very similar. And in a lot of those cases, uh, they'll probably have a very small digital team that are, that are working on those properties or even PR leads, uh, you know, marketing folks are updating that. 
in, in our case and some other teams in the NBA, uh, we really try to focus on uh, building out enhanced features around engagement, um, authentication, uh, you know, data and analytics uh, to really understand the behaviors of our fans online so we can uh, really think about them first. Uh, everything we do is a fan-first perspective, and it starts at the mobile side. So uh, Drupal, um, you know, with that being the core of Cavs.com and, and our relationship with the NBA and, and Turner out of Atlanta, uh, we looked at our other uh, minor league properties because we don't just represent the Cavs here at Quick Loans Arena. Uh, we have an AHL hockey team, which is the Lake Erie Monsters, LakeErieMonsters.com. Uh, Cleveland Gladiators, which is an AFL football team that also plays here, and we've got a website, um, you know, dedicated to, the, to to that franchise. And uh, for years, we had a very antiquated solution as our CMS, which was, hey, you know, back in the day, we need to have a website, but you know, do we really need to have a website? That type of thing. So we were uh, really performing on very old technology uh, that was powering the stack on the minor league side. So we made the switch uh, two years ago now to go uh, over to Drupal uh, so we can unify um, the platform or the framework for all of our properties so we can start to take advantage of networking opportunities from one side to the other. Uh, so both of the minor league properties were built from scratch by our team here. Um, we rely on Aqua, uh, Acquia, which is uh, really a hosting and serving solution provider. Um, and they also provide you know, some, some tools and uh, components that can be used as a baseline to build that framework, um, but uh, very proud of our team here, uh, collectively, everybody jumping in and building those out from scratch, which is completely unheard of in the minor league space. And one of the reasons why we decided to go down that path is, you know, while the calves are really the core of our business, there is a lot of information and data to glean from the other minor league properties and when we look at, you know, lookalike profiles and other segments, we really need to get a better understanding of who our fans are. And we invested in that process, uh, you know, many years ago. And, and what happened from there is, you know, once, once we got things set up and we're still going down that path of tweaking and refining a few elements to, to get better at what we do, but it all starts with an authentication element or an OAuth, right? Uh, so we, we work with Janrain um, from that side uh, with a federated login solution. And what that provides us is, uh, you know, a, a great database of active users and engaged users on our side that will set up a profile and tell us information about who they are. And, and we take great respect in getting that data because for us, that, that allows our team to start to make decisions on how we can enhance their overall fan experience. And, and we'll analyze, uh, you know, the data and, and really look at it um, from a variety of different lenses. Um, so think about uh, you know, the digital team and, and how we would look at data. We want to understand kind of what content's trending for a specific time, how many people have logged in throughout the course of the day, which stories that they've logged into and they're reading have, have got the most engagement. Uh, so then we can start to make decisions on how we move around content um, to try to optimize the site based upon the trends we see. Uh, now, over time, we're working to try to automate that. Um, and that, I guess, is one of the restrictions that we have with the league. We're, we're Occasionally, a couple steps ahead of where the league is at with, uh, you know, kind of the, the base stack. And while we can uh, modify a lot of the existing tools uh, within the caps.com website, there are also some that are locked down. So over time, as we continue to progress our roadmap, um, certainly the automation and the personalization of that content is going to be key for us. So we don't have to necessarily make decisions as a content team. 
Um, but if I get back to, to talking a little bit about kind of the OAuth side and, and, and creating all of those web properties on a consistent framework, you know, that really allows us to know when a fan goes from calves.com over to LakeGaryMonsters.com, uh, they're going to be prompted if they've already created an account to, hey, welcome back and, uh, you know, welcome to LakeGaryMonsters.com. Um, would you like to modify your existing calves.com profile uh, for LakeGaryMonsters.com? Now the fan, uh, who may be a basketball fan and a hockey fan, has the ability to customize their persona by the property they're on, but it all ties back to one unique identifier. So now the dedupe process that uh, many data analysts have to go through uh, is resolved, but yet we have a wealth of information about uh, you know who that fan is. And then we can start to make decisions uh, on our technology and our product roadmap uh, by looking at trends and consistencies across the profiles and what type of products we want to build out or what type of components we want to roll out to our fan base. And then we can even start to target specific segments who will receive those first. Um, so it's a, you know, I think it's just a responsible way to, uh, you know, try to enhance fan, the fan experience online. Uh, and then we try to carry that over into the bowl itself by uh, gaining all that information, understanding who those fans are. And now when they walk through our, our door, they've got their smartphone. Hopefully they have the Cavaliers app or uh, are actively using uh, their smartphone in the venue. Uh, we can make a match of who they are there and really start to drive customization to their in arena experience. Um, you know, we're very fortunate to have uh, a ticketing company um, that our ownership uh, has invested in and recently merged with Axis uh, uh, called Veritix. And uh, we are 95 plus percent uh, digital or mobile ticketing here in our building for all of our events. So if you think about, you know, the just the amount of information that, that comes through and, and the triggers that come through as, as fans are checking in, whether it be through a mobile app, whether it be through a credit card on file with a Veritix account. Uh, the second they come through the scanners, we know they're there. And uh, what's great, if they have a rep, if they're a season ticket holder, uh, that season ticket holder can now go out armed with information for that fan that's coming through to try to reward them with surprise and delight. Um, so if Joe Smith comes through in the previous five games, uh, Joe uh, has bought a hot dog and a beer at uh, the concession stand right outside his section. Uh, well, you know what? What if we cut him off at the pass and bring him a hot dog and a beer to thank him for being a fan? Um, and then the next time he comes in, we're able to target him with a, uh, you know, a coupon for a jersey tied to his favorite player because it's in his profile online. We know who his favorite player is. Um, so we're taking a lot of the, um, you know, guessing out of the equation, and we're going from being macro, hoping to kind of catch a few fish in the net, to being very specific about who that individual fan is that we're interacting with. When Rain Wilson realized he had a special gift for talking people to sleep, he had two choices. Construct a massive speaker that would blast his voice to every person in the country, or invent a talking pillow. AT&T Business eventually talked him into the pillow thing. And backed by a reliable network, the only network with built-in security controls, Sleep With Rain was a hit. Take your ideas to the moon and beyond at business.att.com. That's business.att.com. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, almost mind-blowing, the level of data that you guys have. 
Um, I'm curious, what other kind of user segments do you create? You know, obviously like a fan of the team, but um, how else are you building these these profiles or what else do you keep in these profiles that's relevant to your marketing? Well, you know, you can uh, you can look at kind of our standard profiles and, and look at what, what I would call dynamic profiles. Uh, once you structure your data, um, and we're in the process of really building out a, a, a very robust data warehouse right now that is going to structure all of our disparate data sources and taking unstructured data and putting it into a unified schema. And when that's done and you're writing logic against that database, um, you can really start to allow the technology to define potential personas that you've missed. So a good example of that could be, uh, you know, mom. Uh, with two plus kids. Well, you know, we may not have, um, you know, that information based upon their ticketing profile. Uh, you know, we can look at the secondary market and know that, you know, Joanne has uh, flashed her tickets, mobile tickets, over to an individual by the name of John that has the last name of Diane 15 times throughout the course <laughs> of the year. So right there, there's a trigger that goes out that says, you know what, that's probably your child. And then we would go another level and try <clears throat> try to take a look, you know, through any social sediment or social profiles that we've captured data around to say, okay, does she have kids? Okay. All right. She has two kids. Are are those two kids, uh, you know, possibly named John Smith? Okay. Well then we bucket her into dynamically a, uh, you know, a segment that would be a mom with two kids. Um, we also uh, look at our season ticket holder base uh, in four different segments. Um, we've got a you know a, a corporate fan, uh, which would be really tied to business. Uh, we have a super fan who is somebody that lives, breathes everything related to the organization. Uh, we have a social Cavs fan. That's somebody that likes to be uh, seen and heard, um, that is vocal at the majority of our events, that likes to go out uh, to all of the uh, Wine and Gold member events that are like coach chalk talks and uh, meet and greet with players that they're always there anytime an event is, uh, is active. And then we have, uh, you know, kind of our casual fan, which is somebody that has the tickets and uh, they'll use them 30% of the time and, and I move them another 70% of the time. And we'll, we can focus on that segment to figure out ways that we can start to bolster and move the casual fan into a super fan or other areas. Um, you know, from a marketing perspective, uh, we really uh, we really look at fans uh, from a passive and active uh, engagement. Um, so, a passive fan, somebody that comes in that uh, may have set up a profile at some point, or maybe never has, and we've identified them as like a, a John Doe. Uh, we then try to start to target that individual to provide more information or sign up for a profile, so we can start showing them the perks of personalizing their experience with the organization. And then somebody that is very active, uh, you know, from that sense, marketing really becomes twofold, and this would be across all the segments, right? Uh, we're an organization that tries to, you know, get more fans to come to more games. Uh, so we're marketing out to them to sell our product, but we're also representing our corporate partners, helping them align with our brand to sell our partner's product or make our, our fans aware of our partner's product and the uh, alignment that they uh, have with the team. And in those cases, uh, we try to take a look at, um, you know, is there a synergy between uh, this fan and and this partner previously? Uh, Is there a a history of purchase? Is there 
Um, you know, is there any mention socially of, uh, of this brand, whether it be on Facebook, uh, whether it be on Instagram, whether it be on Twitter? Uh, have they ever mentioned that in a blog or a forum that may be uh, attached to a, a profile that is uh, a mirror profile of what they have with us? And then in that case, it becomes a, a different type of marketing campaign that we would want to go after that individual, right? So think about dynamic content optimization. You know, the more we know, the more we can start to deliver unique messaging and unique, uh, you know, marketing messages that are catered to that individual that don't become stale. And in a lot of cases, it's okay, how do we ride the strengths of what we do as an organization, as the cabs, um, right? We provide entertainment, uh, we provide affinity, and we provide a very active and robust fan base. So when we're partnering with a partner, our job is to really steer them into a direction where they understand the value of what sports marketing brings to the table. And it's not about spots and dots and signage. It's about us moving the needle on behalf of our partner by getting boots through the door, uh, by trying to get them to perform an action or create awareness of whatever that may be. And then we're not wasting our partner's time and money and effort because we can really start to drill down to focus on a segment or a persona that they know matches up perfectly with their brand. Uh, so that's just kind of on the surface, uh, you know, some ways that we, we look at it. Um, you know, when it's all said and done, uh, I think by the time we really start to round out our persona library, we'll probably be somewhere upwards of 60 plus. Um, I would say 75% of those will probably become very uh, unique uh, one-off type of targeting opportunities as requested by our marketing department or our social team or whatever that may be. But the more we build, uh, the more we can start to uh, look at and analyze the success of that segment to start to make changes that become better the next time around. So how do you change the conversation in the off-season? Um, you know, when games are going on and you can get those boots through the door, people are excited and engaged and they see it on TV, even if they're not there. Um, but in the off-season, how do you kind of keep that excitement there and come up with kind of a new conversation to have when the ask isn't, you know, to come down to a game today? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, and... Uh, I guess in a way that's kind of taken care of itself with now sports really becoming a 365-day-a-year um, you know, league conference platform. Uh, the NFL, if you think about it, you, know, you look at the season, you've got 16 games and four in the preseason, but you know, you've got the draft that's on the heels of that. You've got mini camps, training camps that pop up that everybody's going to be interested in, and then you go right into training camp on the back end that starts the regular season. The NBA has almost set it up in a similar way. So the NBA Finals goes all the way through the end of June. And then uh, you flip the page and the NBA draft's right on top of you. When the NBA draft's done, then all of a sudden the summer league starts where all the players you just drafted and other players that didn't play much in the previous season or were on your NBDL team uh, are all now playing and being in a spotlight where they can showcase their skills. That slows down. You fast forward, the schedule's released. And once the schedule's released, then all of a sudden people start looking at ticketing and game opportunities and traffic picks up. So I think there's a consistent uh, amount of, uh, you know, tempo events that take place to still keep a team relevant during the offseason. But you also have to, to really, uh, you know, bolster your content during that time to be both reflective 
and look ahead to the excitement of what may be ahead for the upcoming season. So uh, a lot of our strategy is centered around what can we do that's evergreen, that we know is going to work. Um, you know, photo galleries are huge for us, right? And if you think about, uh, I guess there's an old, old term in, in, in online content uh, that, that photo galleries are, are like brain candy, right? You just click through it without even realizing you're doing it and you're helping bolster stats, et cetera. But there is something to be said to that because, you can get caught in the trap of photo calories where you're taking a look at, you know, shoes over the years and the Cavs, uh, you know, generation where you can look at the styles and how they've changed. And then you're done with that gallery. And the next thing you know, you're digging into, you know, 80s hairstyles of our Cavs girls dancers that we've created. Um, so a lot of our efforts during that time is to keep content that's relevant, that can live throughout a longer window. And then we really start to uh, dig in on the feature side because uh, during the regular season, you know, things are so quick and happening so quick that you're flipping over, looking back at a game, looking ahead to a game. I mean, the, the news, the news cycle almost takes care of itself. During the off season, we can focus on get to knows and go a lot deeper, uh, you know, with our players and our team that kind of provide that behind the scenes access. Uh, we try to get fun and do. Uh, like quizzes, uh, where we'll quiz our fan base on events around the playoffs or a, a specific time of the season, and they get graded on that process. Um, you know, we've uh, we focused on trying to do a best of highlight, uh, you know, video reel. Um, we've been very, very fortunate to have some just very talented producers on the video side. We put a lot of our eggs in that basket, looking at online trends and uh, videos not going away, and, and we. Uh, really hit a home run over the past two years on the content we've created, and we've invested a lot in the hardware side. You know, not many digital teams have a have a Sony F7 camera that uh, shoots in 4K and super slow mo that we can uh, do some unique things with. Go on the website, you can see some of the highlights from the finals that we did. Um, so that that content, um, you know, is always relevant. Uh, it's always topical, and uh, we try to ride it out to the best of our ability and. More importantly, I think we market, uh, you know, the brands uh, to to a greater extreme during the off season, but still do it with the understanding that there needs to be a threshold before we become annoying. Um, and we look at a lot of our marketing channels like social, uh, email, uh, proximity marketing uh, to get those messages out as it relates to content. So when you're tracking so many different personas and doing marketing that's so personal around behavior, how do you structure your team to, to keep thinking about new ways to target these people while also not letting old campaigns get stale? Yeah, well, I mean, that's always a challenge, right? Um, and uh, that comes a lot into the hiring process of trying to find people that uh, are going to be passionate and engaged in what they do. Um, you know, I, I don't want to bring somebody in necessarily that comes from the programmatic buying space that is just, you know, trying to look at uh, marketing assets as a commodity. I want somebody that's really going to care about, um, you know, our partners and, and more importantly about delivering the right message to the right person. So everybody kind of comes in with that mindset that they're going to uh, really focus on, on fan first. I mean, that's our if there is a core mission statement, everything is fan first. You know, personalizing, customizing the fan experience is our number one goal. Everything else is below that. So, uh, you know, everybody that's on the team is is a sports fan. Everybody, uh, you know, is encouraged to uh, take a look at technology that's elsewhere, uh, both at the, the highest or bleeding edge versus kind of the most antiquated and understand how that process looks uh, so they can also become a consumer 
of uh, you know sports in general. Uh, and then from there, you know, when when they apply, I think that passion to the Cavs fan and the process of marketing to the Cavs fan, it becomes a natural uh, a natural thing. You know, is it busy? Absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of things that you need to juggle to do that, but. If you get into sports, uh, you're going. You're going to work. You know, there's no other way around that. It's not a nine to five job. And uh, when you add digital uh, responsibilities or roles on top of that, you know, multitasking and be able to focus across a variety of verticals and mediums is is a must have. Uh, so uh, that kind of helps uh, our teams, you know, steer or stay focused in the right direction. Uh, again, with that many personas, I, I, I do want to stress, 75% of those probably aren't being used on a daily basis, right? Uh, the focus is really going to be on the core personas that we've created that really do center around our season ticket holders and other casual versus engaged, uh, passive versus engaged fans that we have on our web properties. And then we can start to slice in a little bit deeper as the different campaigns uh, or flights come up uh, as specific by internal groups or by our partners. What's been one of the most successful campaigns that you guys have run, um, you know, regarding, you know, any of the demographics really, but, uh, but just to get an example of what these campaigns look like. Sure. Sure. So, um, you know, we're very fortunate to have an athlete in Kyrie Irving that's just got a great, um, you know, marketing, uh, marketing equity built up with Pepsi, uh, with the uncle drew campaign. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with uncle drew, but it's a, uh, Kyrie Irving's alter ego, uh, where he is uh, a 70 plus year old man that goes out, uh, randomly to a court, uh, you know, in a variety of different cities and, and Lily takes him to school, right? And they film it. It's very natural. Uh, so the content that's created out of that, uh, you know, is already great and has already kind of created a loyal following. So we're, uh, we're partners with Pepsi and, uh, you know, they came to us in advance of chapter three, uh, to say, Hey, you know, it's been a year and a half since we've launched a, a uncle drew commercial and we're worried a little bit. Maybe some of the sizzle has gone away. Uh, we want to partner with you to help amplify, uh, the fact and create some excitement around the, uh, there's the fact that there's going to be a new chapter and each chapter kind of comes with its own storyline. Uh, in this case, I think Maya Moore was being brought on and recruited on to round out his starting uh, four of his starting five. Uh, so the series still has some more life after this. But uh, long story short, they were kind of racking their brain. Their strengths were being able to market that via YouTube. Um, and their social channels, while they were strong in follows and likes, weren't necessarily heavily engaged. Right? And I always look at it, I don't wake up every day thinking, man, I can't wait to drink a Pepsi. But I do wake up every day saying, man, I can't wait to go to a Cavs game. You know, I got Cavs tickets for tonight. I can't wait to go. I'm thinking about it all day. I'm excited about it all day. I'm talking about it all day. So our job was really to take the fans that were already excited about our brand and Kyrie and then take the Pepsi, uh, you know, the great content and the great uh, platform that Pepsi created and bring that to our fans to get them excited, to make them brand advocates and then allow them to start selling the story forward on our behalf and, and Pepsi's behalf. So we kept, uh, created a seed campaign um, and the seed campaign uh, was focused socially both on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And what we did is, uh, if you remember the old highlight magazines, and I don't know if you guys read yeah, those as yeah, a kid, absolutely. but you go to the back cover and they had those little clues that were so magnified that you're like, what the heck is that? You know, and you can look in and be like, oh, that's a caterpillar. That's right. And I didn't recognize that. So we took clips of uh, previous uh, iterations of the video and new iterations of the video and did the same thing, posting them to social with very vague messaging. 
you know, something big is coming, and it was uh, just a fraction of his shoe, and that was day one. So we looked at the campaign over a seven-day sequence, and we wanted to target target different areas, uh, you know, locally, uh, regionally, nationally, um, around uh, the activation of that campaign. So uh, as we started to slice and dice our social network, um, our idea was, okay, how do we hit uh, the most powerful segment of our social audience that are going to be willing to specifically engage and become brand advocates by sharing first, commenting second, and liking third, or retweeting first and favoriting second, etc. Or even compelled to create their own tweet to share the content out from there. Um, and as we started to, to really focus on, on launching that campaign, we were working side by side with Pepsi Corporate and their social channels where they were doing something similar. And the theory, you know, that, that, that stuck in my head really is, you know, people aren't going to follow Pepsi for everything daily, right? They may find themselves over to Pepsi uh, because it's a cool piece of content that's been referred to them. But we've got a ton of people that are following us every day about the news. And uh, they quickly realized that we were a great vehicle and platform to uh, help evangelize this new chapter that was coming up, even more so than their own social properties could do. So over the seven-day period, uh, you know, each uh, clue became more and more clear, all the way up to the release of that uh, new video, which culminated in a contest that we kicked off uh, where people could uh, register and sign up for a chance to win the Ultimate Uncle Drew fan experience. And that was a meet-and-greet with Kyrie, a suite for the night. Um, you got kind of the, the posh lifestyle, the cue, uh, courtesy of Pepsi through that process. But uh, not only did it create lead gen that was really targeted towards the, the individuals they were looking for, uh, we were also able to drive people into uh, locations in which Pepsi was sold to grab a code to apply to uh, the, the contest page, which got people through the door of a, a grocer that they, uh, you know, were partners with and kind of the golden, uh, you know, the golden goose for every uh, retail uh, retailers in a grocery stores to get that great end cap spot. And they're always searching for ways to, to get a grocer to give them that premium space. And when you attach Kyrie Irving and a popular team like the Cavaliers to that, it makes it a little bit easier. So, um, when we did get uh, you know the, the contest out and we were driving people to the location, uh, we made sure that at that location, those fans could scan, text, do any means to register um, for uh, the contest right then and there so it wasn't forgotten. And we used the power of all of our proximity tools to target those individuals when they landed in the parking lot of a Giant Eagle um, or, or you know, another retailer or a grocery store um, that was at play here to say, hey, you know, welcome Cavs fans to X Grocer. Um, be sure to stop by the Kyrie Irving display inside uh, the grocery store for your chance to win the Ultimate Uncle Drew experience. Hmm. So based on GPS technology, uh, you know, we were able to go to uh, not only Pepsi, but also to, to the grocer and say, guys, we've been looking at, at at your locations across Northeast Ohio now for the past two months. And we wanted to see how many people that had the Cavs app were going in and out of the area in which other locations were at. And we can go back to them with real quantifiable data to say, this is going to work because we've got over 3,000 people a week that are going there that have the Cavs app that we can message. So, uh, you know, coupling the, you know, the message that happened uh, within the parking lot to a message they would receive right at the uh, display uh, really kind of created a seamless fan experience. So that rounded things out. Pepsi was really happy with it. Um, our fans were ecstatic about it, and the engagement was through the roof because it was great content. 
Wow. Yeah, that is, that's really cool. Um, and I love the offline online, uh, synergy that you have happening there. So you're going to be speaking at the industry conference, um, coming up. It's September 11th and 12th in Cleveland, Ohio. What is, uh, what's the topic of your talk or what's the, the title of your talk? Yeah. Um, first of all, I'm really excited about the conference. Uh, you know, I, I'm a diehard Clevelander, as is Mike Belsito, who's helping put on the conference. Uh, a lot of people ask us, do you guys work for the Chamber of Commerce? Because regardless of where we're at, we're always talking about how great Cleveland is. And we get a lot of double takes saying, Cleveland? Cleveland? Yes, Cleveland. Cleveland's a great place. So to have a conference like this uh, and bring a lot of people uh, that uh, are, are experts or leaders uh, you know, in the product and technology space is huge for the city. Um, but uh, at the conference, I will be speaking specifically about uh, the product development as it relates to, uh, you know, the, the, the curb-to-curb experience around the fan. And really, that is, how do we focus on looking at the fan while they're at home, uh, starting to make their trip to the arena, and all of the obstacles that may, may happen along the way to when they park their car, to when they come through the gates, to when they get to their seats, to when they hit the concession stands, and when they leave and go back to their homes and eventually their work. So every area of that uh, journey um, you know, has a different need associated with that. You know, if I'm at home and I've got tickets and I'm planning to go to a game, and I'm getting ready to go to a game, I'm going to want to try to find every piece of information, if I'm a diehard fan, of who's starting for that game, who's out for that game, uh, what's the best route to get there, is there traffic issues, um, You know, can I find a map that shows me uh, the best route to get to the parking lot I want to go to, can I find information about where I should not go. So we load up uh, really trying to inform the fan of all of a uh, you know know before you go type of bucket of information that prepares them for their for their trek down to the queue, um, and we do that through a multitude of platforms. So it's not just through the mobile app. Uh, we do it through the mobile app. We do it through social. We do it through uh, the website, and then that cycle starts to pick up. Where as they're coming down, how do we look at product opportunities that are really specific to making that process of getting into a downtown urban area? that is going to be highly congested, uh, how do we make that palatable, right? How do we make it easier for the fans so they're going to want to come down here and not think about, man, do I really want to go back to the queue? Is I had to wait 35 minutes on the highway to get off to try to get parking? You know, it's much easier for me to sit at home and watch on my 65-inch TV, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. So it, it's customizing that experience to take some of the pain points out of that to get them into the door. So, you know, think about, um, you know, delivering the right message at the right time to them. Hey, our uh, game preview is available, right? And we know that, uh, you know, consistently uh, Jim Smith has engaged with the app routinely at 3.50 on game days, whatever it may be. But we know we want to try to set up our messaging to hit him uh, at that time because that's probably when he's leaving work and potentially preparing to come down for the game. But we know when he leaves, we also know he has a ticket for that game. So we know delivering him that information for that game is a perfect opportunity because he's going to be somebody that is already engaged with the brand that is coming to the game and is going to benefit from having that type of information. And then when they get down uh, to the arena, what is the quickest way for them to get in? Um, you know, the ingress and egress of stadiums is always a huge issue because you're talking about 20,000 plus people all trying to get into a building at the same time, in the same place. 
that is enough to make a, an operations lead uh, lose their hair in a day's worth of time. So <laughs> we try to help in uh, you know looking at, from a utility perspective, uh, volume uh, related to our entrances. And we can see, based upon heat maps of multiple technologies, how many people we have at our north entrance, how many we have at our south entrance, how many we have at our main entrance. And then those that have uh, opted in to receive messaging from us will get a note if they are in line for one of those longer entrances that, hey, you may want to come around to the south side. The wait time there is two minutes. You know, and then all of a sudden, boom, they had the convenience of being able to get out. Sometimes we can hit that messaging directly at the point of parking. Um, so it eases the strain of that fan trying to get through the gates. When they get through the gates, now how do we start to allow their journey to take a route that's meant for them, not something that's meant for a, ma- for a macro audience? Because my experience at a game is going to be different than yours, and it's going to be different from Jim's and everybody else. And my takeaways are going to be different as well. So how do we start to look at the behaviors of that fan while they're in our building to try to modify or, uh, you know, encourage specific behaviors? Um, Looking at Jim, does Jim come through when he comes through the turnstile? How often does he check out the uh, entirety of the concourse? Well, he hasn't done that yet, right? He really goes in through the turnstile. The section that he sits at is literally two, uh, you know, two sections down from where he checked in at. He always goes and sits down at his seat. He sits there for 45 minutes before the game tips, and then he'll get up and go to the concession stand that's right outside. Well, you know, we can now look at that and offer Jim incentives to go to the other side of the concourse where we may have a restaurant he didn't know about, or we may have uh, an engagement zone for that night that a partner is doing uh, and offer him a free T-shirt if he goes over there to check it out. Um, you know, having the, the power of the utility to really understand where somebody's at for a given time allows us to really hone in and, and, and make that experience very specific. So I'll be going through kind of that life cycle and talking about how we really look at, at products that uh, kind of help customize that fan experience. Um, things like, you know, in-venue uh, video replays. Uh, we offer uh, every play that happens on the court uh, at the queue, um, we offer six different camera angles uh, video replay angles uh, of that clip to folks that are in our venue that have a wrap. So if you think about, you know, you've got a great dunk, uh, you know, LeBron's got a huge dunk. Well, what you see at home, you see one camera angle, right? And that's the that's the production angle. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a venue, uh, now you can uh, you watch it in person. You can go back 15 seconds later, and you can watch that same play from six, six different angles. And it's amazing when you look at a play from a primary view. And then you look at it from the other side, you see a lot of different things that made that play develop that you wouldn't get otherwise. So we're, we're just trying to provide a wealth of information and a wealth of content to the fans. And then they start to decide what they want to interact with. But our goal is to make it as uh, engaging and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what I would call kind of multi-screen as they want or as you know, simple as they want. If they just want to enjoy the game atmosphere and maybe every once in a while they want to hop in to check out scores, we're going to provide that as well. Um, so the end game part is one thing. And then we look at, okay, as the fan leaves, uh, how do we really kind of cement that experience and put an exclamation mark on it? So if a fan's walking out, uh, you know, at one of our exits, we can deliver them a digital wallpaper that shows a, uh, a photographic from the biggest dunk of that night. 
right? It says, hey, you know, thanks for coming to the queue as a token of our congratulations. You know, please download this wallpaper. Uh, we can send uh, video highlights from that game as people are walking out and heading home. Uh, and the beauty of that is they all kind of sit in their own personal archive within our application uh, where they can go back and interact with it any time. So uh, really just a way to, to ensure from curb to curb that they're getting the most out of their experience. And, you know, we look at from a marketing perspective, you know, we don't want to be kind of that incessant, uh, you know, beat you over the head marketer that is just pounding the same message to you over and over again, because I think that's part of the problem with marketing in general now, right? Uh, for years, it's just been, you know, uh, batch and blast and uh, cast a wide net and hopefully we get a percentage of people that come through. We want to be smart about things. We don't want to send you a product. You know, if you're uh, you know, Julie Smith, uh, we don't want to send, uh, you know, uh, Julie Smith a wine and gold version of our jersey to potentially buy. We want to send her a pink and white one, right? Because we know who Julie is. We know that, um, you know, she prefers pink or whatever it may be. So we really try to focus uh, on delivering the best possible experience first, and then we'll cater our, cater our marketing messages around that. Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating stuff. And the volume that you guys are operating with is um, is really something, you know, that most marketers would, would really envy um, to be able to work with that much data. So it's so fascinating to hear what you guys are doing with it. Um, where can we keep up with you? Um, and obviously, I mean, the Cavs um, online so we can see some of these campaigns come to life. Sure. Yeah. So if you uh, log on to cabs.com, um, obviously that's a web property. A lot of uh, content flows through there. Um, LakeRayMonsters.com is the other minor league property. ClevelandGladiators.com, um, CantonCharge.com, TheQArena.com. So that's kind of the holistic umbrella of uh, the Cavaliers operating company as a whole uh, that uh, my digital team is responsible for overseeing. Um, the mobile application that we have, it's uh, if you search Cleveland Cavaliers, whether it be on uh, iTunes or on the Google Play Store, uh, we have a version that's uh, for the mobile phone. We also have a version that's available for tablet. Uh, both have uh, you know a lot of similarities, but they are also optimized uh, for the device, which is different. Uh, I'll also say too, all of our web properties now are fully responsive, uh, so it doesn't matter uh, you know what device you're coming to from. Uh, you'll you'll have a consistent experience. You'll be able to find the same content that you find when you're on a desktop versus a mobile device. Um, in regards to uh, our newsletter communications, uh, you can uh, also opt in to receive updates from us. You can customize uh, you know, your selections. Uh, in doing so, uh, it'll allow us to, to send out campaigns or kind of connect campaigns around uh, your actions if you're in this area. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, our, our wine and gold uh, segment or our wine and gold season ticket holders. If, uh, if you're local here in Cleveland and you're not a wine and gold member, uh, that doesn't mean that you uh, have to be a season ticket holder. It just means that you want to be active in the wine and gold community, and there's a variety of ways for you to get involved there. And there's a lot of perks and personalized perks that come along with being a member of that group. Um, and a lot of our focus has been centered around how do we give them an experience that goes above and beyond the common single ticket fan. Uh, so if you're a diehard and you come in, make sure that you sign up to become a wine and gold member and uh, you know, all those unique opportunities will start to funnel through. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and um, you know, we'll, we'll keep up with you guys online. Well, it sounds good. And again, thank you uh, very much for having me. Uh, this, was, this was a lot of fun. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Rocket Ship Podcast. If you enjoyed it, we have tons of other awesome episodes on our website. Check them out, rocketship.fm. And be sure to check out our app discount section where we have discounts on products that we use every day, like Woo Themes, Wistia, Treehouse. Go to rocketship.fm forward slash essentials and get your discounts today. Out of the steam, oh how I know you want it Spilling every little piece of me, I know you got it Feel this bed is like a tongue in motion, spelling on it All these problems, but with you I only think of loving Time it flies by cause I feel like I don't love another When I'm with you, oh I pray that we will last the summer God, I pray that you look back on me with all this love Feed it back to me, I pray for that, I pray for you.